On today's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, we're continuing our work fail series because we know that if we're working, we're likely making mistakes and it's important not to live there, but to learn from it. I interviewed Tamara Gandor, who's the author, speaker, and founder and president of Launch Street. Tamara is an innovation expert, and she is going to share with us her early work fails, what she learned, and how you can learn from her missteps. Hi, everyone. So we are back with our mini-sode, Work Fails. And we are talking to innovation thought leader and the creator of the IQE assessment and the president and founder of Launch Street, Tamara Gondor. And she is going to share with us her work fails because let's be honest, we all have them. And some of us have a lot of them. So <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure everyone can tell I don't. But no, obviously we all do. And that's why... We wanted to open this up and give people the opportunity to hear from individuals that are extremely successful, but know that we have all found success as a result on building on our failures, not living in them, building from them. So I'll start with a business one, and then I've got some more personal leadership ones as well. Oh, my gosh. Um, Tell me how you failed. Let's hear it. (laughs) So many failures. Um, So I'll start with a business one. So uh, a couple years back, I was hired by uh, J&J to reinvent baby care. And it was really exciting. They wanted kind of, you know, new to the world ideas. They wanted to really shake up baby care. This was before there had been a lot of innovation in baby care. So I think maybe 2007, 2006. Um, and I assembled an amazing team. We, you know, played with baby toys. We checked out formula. We talked to dads. Like we did all this great stuff. And for six months, we had our heads down working on this incredible project. And we pushed boundaries and we came up with new ideas and we shuffled into um, the CEO's conference room to present after six months of doing all this work. And I'll never forget this room, Jen, because it had this massive wood table and these kind of pastelli used chairs at Crete when people sat in them. And the walls had oil paintings of CEOs past, and none of them were smiling at us at all. And That's my, intimidating. It was so intimidating. And my team and I are standing up at the podium with our power, you know, beautiful PowerPoint behind us. And my clients to my right, and his boss, and the VP of this department, and the head of that department. I mean, all the mucky mucks are there. And my team starts presenting these ideas that we had, quote unquote, perfected over time. And I'm beaming with pride. I'm like a mama bear. I'm so happy. But as they're talking, I start to notice this whispering to my right. And I look over and it's my client's boss. And he, with every idea, keeps leaning into my client. And he's saying things like, didn't we try that before? Didn't Joan and R&D look into that and we we, um, squashed it? Didn't a competitor look into that and it failed? Didn't another consultant give us that and we shelved it? He squashed the life out of every idea. And here's the thing about him. I don't remember his name. And if you're listening, call me because I have a lot to thank you for. But I do remember that he had a mustache so big that it moved before he spoke. So this whole experience, I could see it happening because his mustache would move every time. And you're just waiting. I was just waiting for that mustache to move. And he just killed the day. And that was the longest, angriest plane ride home. We had failed. We went to that meeting. We presented these ideas. And the entire thing just got shelved right in front of me. And I'm sure you've been in those meetings. We've all had those experiences like where we get up there and we are so excited and we're so sure that what we're presenting is so right and so good. And the people on the other side of the table just shut us down. 
And he did that to us. And on that plane ride home, I'll never forget. I went through the 12 steps of anger. Actually, I started with seven. I started, I was so mad. So I started with mustache man. I was like, how dare he? He should not be doing anything with innovation. When I got this plane, I'm going to call him and tell him he should be fired. And then I moved on to my client. I was like, well, how dare he? He shouldn't, if he can't get buy-in from his team, he shouldn't be the one leading innovation. And then I went on to my team. was like, oh, they were not, they're not a good team. They snowed one over on me. I'm going to fire all of them before we get to baggage claim. Fortunately for everybody, it was a long plane ride home. By the time we landed, I realized that the real mistake, the real failure came from me. I and my team had been thinking about this work for six months. And then I shuffled into a room of people that were cold. They hadn't been thinking about this stuff. They just came to the meeting. They weren't in the work with us. They hadn't been pushing boundaries with us. And here I was at the front of the room, pushing my brilliance on a group of people who had their own stuff to deal with and their own to-dos. And I thought that my brilliance, my beautiful PowerPoints with my cool videos was going to win them all over. And it did the exact opposite. And it was an epic failure. The work never went anywhere. All those ideas were shelved. Nothing ever got to market because I walked in with this ego that said, our work is good enough that you should get it. And it didn't. And I walked in with this assumption that because we had done the work, everybody should see what we see. And they didn't see any of it. So I've had that experience more than once, but that was the one that really stuck with me because it really made me realize like, wow, I need to, I need to really rethink about how I communicate and how I try to get buy-in for things because that was a lot of money and a lot of time wasted for all of us. And it was, I own the mistake hundred percent. It was my team. That was my job to realize, Hey, wait a minute. I'm going to be talking to people who are not part of the day-to-day process. How do I get them to think differently? How do I get them to open up to our ideas? I didn't. I walked in with this big, big ego because we got paid the big bucks and eh, failure. Right. You're the smart one. So you're like, of course, I'm going to come here and solve all their issues. And they're going to love it because love it. You know, and I think that comes down. I think you see that a lot in any organization where you've found a lot of success and you know that you're good at what you do. So it's so easy to become short sighted and not you know, and forget that there are other things that we're blind to them mm-hmm. as we get more and more successful. So then, yeah, you, you go into that meeting, then the unexpected happens and it feels terrible, terrible, and awful. And it was off script. I had no script to go to when they weren't like applauding and cheering. My little vision in my head on the plane right over was them standing up and applauding because my God, they've never seen work this good in their life, right? That's what we're all told to, to vision, like all the positive stuff, right? The outcome right. we want. But I didn't strategize the other outcomes at all, which is probably the second part of the failure, really, is I should have thought about what happens if they, if they don't get it? What happens if they have these questions? Um, and instead, I just failed. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing more to say about it. So if I had to summarize your takeaways, like one of those is kind of try to find, or I guess there's a few of them. There's, you know, thinking about who your audience yeah. is, thinking about what's important to them, Maybe what would, how would you describe your takeaways? So I totally appreciate what you just said. And for me, it's about the the thing that we forget is um, what's in it for them. Not why should they love my idea or my thinking or my perspective, but truly what's in it for the person on the other side of the table. So if I'd really thought about that, you know, my client's boss, what's in it for him is something that he can do effortlessly because he's been there for 30 years and he doesn't want to rock the boat. So how could I present my ideas for him in a way that would have gotten him to go, oh, that's not the hard work that I'm worried about. Or had I thought about, hey, what they're thinking is, oh my gosh, we've seen these ideas a million times before. So what I need to think about is not the idea, but why is it relevant today? 
And I missed the mark on that because they were. And they had seen some of those ideas before. That happens time and time again in innovation. But the difference is the time and the marketplace and the environment. But I didn't think about that. So what I try to tell people a lot is think back up and think about what's in it for them. What is in it for the people across the table? If you can think from that perspective, you can communicate to them in a way that they can be open to receiving. Instead of what I did, which is what's in it for me, which is look how glorious me and my ideas are. <laughs> right, right. And yeah. we do that. I mean, yeah. we n- think that's natural. Again, we get, we excel at our careers. We yeah. know that we're good and we're confident in who we are. And there's, you know, there's that point where confidence is a beautiful thing. And then sometimes there, there's that point where confidence gives us, they just blind us. Yeah. It blinds us from seeing some of those outside perspectives. It blinded me completely. And it was an incredible lesson. And of course, I'm glad I had it because it, you know, made the work that I have today. But when I think about the failures, I think about that one all the time because it was a pivotal moment where I realized, hey, I got to get out of my own way. And I got to start thinking about the other people and how they're viewing things and how they're seeing things in their experiences. And I think as leaders, that is hard for us sometimes to get out, get out of our own way and think from another perspective. Um, I'll share another failure with you that came to mind, which actually made me laugh as I was driving down thinking about it, because uh, it's been a while on this one too. But uh, so I was recruited to head up the strategic arm of this urban marketing firm in New York City. And I was 27 and I was the youngest person at the table. And my boss was an incredible gentleman named Mike Hall. And he was in Chicago at our parent company. And as I was building this department, my job was to go to Chicago and to present to him as if he was client so that I could, so that we could build this department and I could, you know, present all this great, um, these great service offers, offerings that we had for people. So I labored and labored and built, like, once again, the beautiful presentation. Clearly, I have a pattern here. But I went to Chicago and I met with him and he tore apart my presentation, tore it apart in a way that I've never experienced. And I thought I had a thick skin until that moment. I did not in that moment. I was on the edge of tears and I do not cry. And, and he just, he kept after me and kept after me and kept after me. And I was so angry with him. And that meeting was a total failure because I took away from that meeting. He doesn't like my work. He doesn't think I'm good enough. He's trying to knock me down. But what I should have taken away from that meeting is he's trying to strengthen what I'm doing and he's trying to make it better. And unfortunately, I actually had drinks with him later that day um, while I was in Chicago. And we had that whole conversation about that. He said, Tamara, he said, I brought you in here, not because of your experience, not because, you know, you're, you're trying to be a perfectionist because you don't have the experience. You're 27. He said, I brought you in here because where I think you can take us and the growth that you provide us and what you're capable of. So stop worrying about being perfect in front of everybody and having all the answers. Cause at that, that point I thought I had to have all the answers all the time. So stop worrying about that and just be yourself and do it and take the feedback when you get it. And I love that he said that, but all, that meeting itself for me was a, a failure because I took away the wrong thing. I needed him to tell me to realize what the real takeaway from that meeting was. I walked away thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm the worst. Why did they hire me? Right. Like, and he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? Like, you're not here because like everything you say has to be right. Cause I kept trying to be right in the meeting and I just, beep, not a good idea. So, I mean, it, it, I guess it was, a, you could call it a failure. You could call it a lesson, but to me, it's one of those things that rise up of, wow, I was trying so hard to be right and smart and perfect and not seeing the situation for what it was. 
um, and the environment for what it was. And had I done that, it would have been a, a wonderful, successful hugging meeting. But instead, I walked out practically in tears because I thought, oh, my gosh, my, my identity is being chipped at. You know, everything about me is being kind of kind of knocked down. And that's not what he was trying to do at all. I, I failed in how I saw that meeting. I think you, that is such a great story because it is to receive feedback. Hard. It's hard when it's not the feedback that's telling us we're yeah. great. It's it's so natural for anyone to go inside and say, oh, my gosh, they don't believe me. Oh, my gosh, I'm not worth it. What an idiot I am. And to go down that, you know, just that thought pattern of believing that we're not worth it. And then what does it cost? Well, it costs you your happiness, but it costs the company yeah. your ideas. And sometimes it's just a really, really bad assumption or projection that we're making, right? In that case of just assuming he was saying all these things, whereas what you found later, there was actually something else. So remember right. that there's more there to feedback and it's not, you know, go assume positive intent, assume that feedback is there and that people want you to succeed, right? Assume that. I, I think that's super important to take away from that. And for me too, kind of to add to that, because I think that's where it gets hard to get feedback is, I walked in with this need to be smart and perfect. And that's where it was a failure for me. Had I not had that mindset going into it, I would have had a very successful me meeting, regardless of if you liked my ideas or not. I would have learned, I would have grown, we would have gotten to a better place. But because I was so wrapped up in what I'm presenting or what I'm thinking needs to be perfect and I need to know it all, that's where the roadblock happened. That's where the failure happened. And I think we do that to ourselves a lot um, in the workplace and in life because we're so busy trying to be right, trying to be perfect. And it's some of the greatest leaders I've ever seen. The best phrases that come out of their mouth is, I don't know. Let me figure that out. Not sure. What do you think? Those are what make great leaders. Right. You don't have to tie yourself to, I want to be the one that looks good here. Right. I mean, there's just so much. I, I just love that example because I, I really... That one speaks to me. I mean, there's a lot of examples that I have of receiving feedback poorly where in hindsight, I'm like, oh, right. they were just trying to help me. And yeah, they actually had some great things that I now am really happy they said. But in the moment, it was just my own ego, my own lack of confidence to mm -hmm. see that lack of experience to see that that took and it really deprived me of my ability to connect with my team to yeah. engage because I was living in that feeling of pain. Right. Like, oh, my gosh, I guess I really did fail it creates this invisible wall between you and everybody else because you're trying so hard to to be that person to look smart to have all the answers to know your stuff that you're never really truly connecting with other people because that's the layer you're always putting on it um and it sounds very soft but the reality is that also is then hindering collaboration it's hindering your teamwork it's hindering innovation and so that ultimately is going to hinder the bottom line because you're all walking around trying to be right and it's human nature. It's not that anyone's doing it maliciously, but it's hindering everything. Tara, thank you so much for sharing your fails. You know, we, the goal of bringing these mini sods to light is to show people that failure is okay. There are lessons in failure. So many good ones. So many good ones. And we need to stop persecuting ourselves for making mistakes. And we need to start growing with our mistakes and growing from them. One of my favorite things to do now is when I have what we would call a failure, right? The call didn't go well. I, something happened on my keynote and it just, something was off as my lizard brains, like you're horrible. How dare you? What are you doing? Go hide. I have to shut it up. And then I like to ask myself, what did I learn here? And if I can take a moment to breathe and ask myself that, I can get past my little lizard brain that's trying to sabotage everything and get to the place of the lessons from the failure. And I think all too often we have these great, they're really great failures, but we don't take a second to go, well, 
hold on. Awesome. What did I learn here? And if we can just pause and do that, we can get so much out of it and hopefully not repeat it. I guess. Yes. Ask yourselves. That's how we'll close. Remember that if you're putting yourself out there, if you've made a mistake, just ask yourself, what did you learn or what can you learn? Tamara, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing this and being vulnerable and open because I know that so many people will learn from your mistakes and then your learnings. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to share it all. I'm an open book, but more importantly, I I think we all learn from each other. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To find out more about Tamara, you can find her at gotolaunchstreet.com or you can find it the link in our show notes. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and write us a review on your favorite podcast streaming service.